Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the safe house with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, as always. And thank you for uh, setting up this safe house for us because um, crazy things have been happening here in this city. Yeah. Uh, the city... Um, it's insane. Yeah, it's... Um, it's bullshit is what it is. Yeah, it's a, like the sky is falling. The sky yeah, is falling. the sky is falling. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow? What? They're going to have a parade or a second <laughs> line to celebrate it. For a dead battery. Yeah, for a dead battery. <laughs> no, that's the uh, that's the jazz, jazz funeral. funeral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, this, this city will um, celebrate nothing and, and everything. Right. Um, so um, I'm glad to be here in the safe house. This is a second time or... Th- no. Second time in the safe house. Yes, second time in this safe house. We yeah. we had to utilize a, another safe house on yeah. on, on or, one occasion. We have several. We have them scattered around, you right. know, because it's it's yeah. good to, to be able to switch it up. Because you know? uh, you're a Jew and people right. are looking for you well, constantly, right? <laughs> well, you never know when they might start. Yeah, you know? it, it, it it's happened start. before. Yeah, it's happened. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. If history shows us anything, it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> yes, right? it will. Yes. It's just a matter of time. So we need a safe house, nation. Yes, and nation, if you're out there and if you have your own safe house, you know. Uh, um, don't tell us where it is because <laughs> we, we might just show up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it for yourself. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with you? Well, uh, you know, it's a uh, nice shirt though you have. Oh, by the thank way, you, yeah. thank you. Is you that know, my shirt? No, looks no. Like it looks that, like a. It could, yeah. could be your type of shirt. Yeah. You know, this is a shirt that I, I, I. It's one of those you know new old stock shirts. You know, from the from the late fifties, early sixties. Right. I realized that it, it doesn't look good for me to play in, to play music in, because it's a little bit long. It makes uh-huh. my torso look as long as it actually is. So, and and when you put a bass on top of it, it kind of like protrudes from the at the bottom of the bass. It just looks weird. It looks like you have so some kind of smock on. You're or like fifty five years old, yeah. and you're still worried about your body image. Is well, that, that, yeah, know, on stage, I'm, I'm trying to present. You know, you're trying yeah. to keep it together. Trying to present. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to get here tonight to the safe house because. This neighborhood, the streets in your neighborhood are just awful. Well, like the streets in your neighborhood or not? I mean, well, it's New Orleans. Are there yeah. what, what streets, what neighborhoods are the streets good in? Um, there's that one street just about eight blocks down Broadway. Uh-huh. Right before you hear it, St. Charles, you take a right. Uh-huh. On the way to uh, Carrollton, the River Bend, uh-huh. I forget the name of that street, but that is the smoothest street in this city. Okay, you found one. You yeah, found, you found I found it because street. that's where I go to my credit union. Okay. I, I I belong to a credit union. Okay. Which I don't have much credit there, <laughs> but we're a union. Okay. And we're together. Yeah. You know, paying our bills and borrowing money. Right. You know, and being coming. It's, it's community. But that's the smoothest street. In the city. Okay, well. It really is. I don't know the name of the street. Yeah, that's, that's it's all right. one block above St. Charles, parallel to St. Charles. Do you know that street? You've lived here your whole life. Um, uh, you know, Can you I, tell I, me? I really quit tell paying me. attention to the, to the whole description because uh, it's, it's so inconsequential as to which street that is. Okay, all um, right. But I, I will say, getting back to uh, you know the municipal management of you know infrastructure here, uh, <laughs> y- you know, so city hall today uh, uh-huh. they they closed. That's that's why we can't be in the ring room because right, yeah. because the ring room, like many other institutions in New Orleans, they follow the lead of city hall. So if city hall closes. That's always a bad thing. Two lane closed. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, 
the ring room closed, you know, other schools closed. So I was telling Gina, uh, imagine how, uh, how many man hours, like what the loss of productivity involved in a whole city taking a half a day off. You know, that's oh it's got to be millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it and is. And for nothing. It, it, it didn't rain as much as it rained but, three days ago. But everyone gets a day, half a day off. You know, that's the thing. Listen, I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah. I remember uh, going to traffic school. You know, if you get a ticket, a speeding ticket or a moving violation, you get a chance, you get a chance in L.A. to get a wiped off your record if right. you just do a traffic school. You do like eight-hour traffic class. Right. I'll never forget this time. This guy that I was—I went to one to get it wiped off my, uh, uh, you know, record. record. Mm-hmm. Um, he said to me, or he said to the class, he said, "Listen, if everyone just didn't break the law for one day, didn't you know, didn't jaywalk, mm-hmm. didn't go a red light or speeding ticket, a meter made violation, all that. If everyone in L.A. and this time, we're talking eight million people, right? If everyone just played it straight for one day, the city would be broke. Yes." And that's true, and I think that's true here too. Well, you yeah. know, we we were yes, uh, and you know, we, we we spoke last time about how they're monkeying with the uh, the the red light cameras, right? And the, the, yes. the speeding, the yes. the uh, school zone, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I wish that you know that this this is supposed to be a good government administration that we have in place now. You know, you 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 ran against her. You know, she won fair Our and mayor, square. Yes, yes. Yeah. Some, she ran fair. She, yeah, yeah she, you know, she she won. She fair seems and like a good person. She seems like a good person, but I, I have a, a big problem with you know. Why don't we just get the surge and water board like shake out all the all the flunkies out of the the administration there and and uh, you know get all the pumps working correctly and then you can actually keep the the city in business while it rains you know it's not it's not either or yeah i understand what you're saying i i just think you know like every politician she's a businessman and uh she has to answer to some people uh but anyway i don't yeah. and i don't want to get into that okay it, it right, happens right. it okay. happens right. and this city is what it is like it's like it's like i was thinking just the other day uh it's like well you know because i bumped into someone said man are you gonna run again for mayor mm-hmm. i said well i guess but, you know, I was thinking about that going, well, you know, the same problems. And it was like, it's the potholes, it's our streets, it's the patronage at City Hall, it's, it's the crime. It's like, I thought to myself, you know what? Pothole, forget about the potholes. They're never going to get fixed. Really? No, they're never going to get fixed. That's the way I look at it now. This, is my, you know, this okay. would be my fifth time running for mayor if right. I ran in two years. Right. It's never going to happen. But never you got to run. You gotta yeah, I have run. to run. Yeah, yeah. I have to run to because keep the uh, equilibrium yeah. in place. But listen, what I want to talk about is okay. before we introduce our guest, and I'm really yes. excited about our guest. Yes. Uh, we're both the same age; we're like a month or two apart, yes. you know. And I, I realize, and you know, I'm a troubled man, and I look at you, and and I don't know, something's wrong. Yeah, something's yeah. wrong with yeah, for you. Sure. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah so something way back. Clearly, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't you know. know but uh, our, our, our Brent, I don't want to bring up your mom or no, dad. No, no. Well, Brent, Brent, when I first met, uh, you know, Glenn Styler, he lo- he would look at me. He go, "I don't know who did what to you, but somebody did something." <laughs> okay, so I'm at the age now where you know I have to get up and 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 go to work still and mm-hmm. stuff like. That. But I, I realize, and uh, maybe our guest can chime you know, in, chime in okay. on this. You know, sure. we're all old and stuff like that. But I find myself. <laughs> And this is troubling to me. I find myself cutting my toenails more and more, <laughs> like on a weekly basis. Wow, really? Yeah. Like I used Are you to sure just. Are sure it's not just your sense of time that's skewed? 
and you're cutting your toenails just as frequently as you always have, but your your sense of time is is different. No, because I I know when to cut them when they start, you know, like okay. going through my sock or uh, sure That's rubbing against another toe. Yeah, or, <laughs> that would you be know, a good time. Are, are, are cutting my wife's shins mm. in okay. bed. You know, okay, you know, and while we sleep right. or whatever we it's do. It's dangerous, in bed. right? Yeah, so I find myself cutting my toes a lot more often than I used to. Huh. And this has just happened in the last year. Maybe you need some better glasses. Maybe you can't quite see exactly what you're well, doing. Well, that's another thing. We'll get to that later, oh. maybe in a different episode. Okay. But I, I thought um, <laughs> there's only a few things I can do about this. Uh-huh. Well, I, I could make an appointment with the, with the podiatrist, you know, the toe doctor, and, uh-huh. and he'd just tell me, you know, well, just keep cutting them or yeah, whatever. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, or, or go get a pedicure and get okay. it all like, you okay. know. Um, seen to by uh, yeah seen to yeah. but you know and they can do the filing and the service personnel yeah, yeah. And, and 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 get in and then all i also thought a really cool thing i heard about this years ago uh, um, where people go to these spas and they put their feet in these pools and these fish these koi are poor mm-hmm. they just eat away at your fungi on your feet okay they just wow. they feed off your toes Okay. It's like, well, they eat all the dead skin. Yeah, yes. they, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, heard yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never done it, but yeah, I've no, I, I've heard about this, and I'm sure you can get this done here. You know, maybe, uh, but they don't do anything for your toenails. Well, I, they would get rid of the fungi. Well, is is that really an issue? No. Well, yeah, the fungi and the toenails are always an issue at our age. Man, how, how did we get into this? So, well, no, so, I'm just bringing this up so, so quickly. Well, well, we're talking about your toenails, and now it's taking a really an even uglier turn. I mean, it was already pretty intimate. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, we're getting old, and I don't know what to do. I, so re- basically, what the what I came to the solution. Okay, I came to the solution uh, uh, t- to deal with the toenails is that I'm just going to paint them. Uh, well, okay, I'm just going to paint my toenails. Okay, that's going to strengthen them. You realize it's it's going to make them even more formidable. Will they grow faster? I don't think it's going to affect the growth. Okay, because uh, it's I, not going to make them grow slower. I know that. Okay, uh, so, what color do you think I should get? Mm, I like a dark toenail personally. Mm. Okay. I mean, not for me, for you know, <laughs> to look at. <laughs> you know, when I, for, okay, as a consumer of of toenail polish. Oh, you know. so you've bought toenail polish uh, before? I think well, you should go not, for. Uh, pearlescent pink. Well, I don't know. That's mm. that's a bold choice. It's a bold well, I choice. always wear black socks. So, okay. uh, what goes with black socks? I think uh, everything goes with black, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, pink. Can't go wrong. All right. So that's enough about me. Yeah. N- enough on that subject. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's get right to our guest because I, I have other stuff I could go off on too. But uh, but so so our guest uh, is has been in New Orleans for a good long time. I I, I didn't know her for a lot of that time. I became aware of her work a couple of years ago when she did a piece uh, involving one of my band members. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and I I saw the piece at the gallery uh, and and. I was really impressed. She she does these uh, uh, larger than life often um, renderings, portrait renderings in in cloth in in mm-hmm. with material and and. But she's a, a trained painter. She comes from uh, rural Kentucky, uh, has a BFA from from Kentucky, and then uh, and came and studied at Tulane. You have a, That's right, a yeah. MFA, Masters in Fine Art from Tulane. Mm-hmm. And you're you're a trained painter, and I've seen many of your paintings. A very fine painter, a very technical painter, and uh, and very accomplished. And you still work in in 
in oils and acrylic. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> but in in addition to that, which which is you, you work in a you do a lot of mixed media work, and uh, you employ fabric and sewing on top of your your paintings. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's an extension of being. Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me, let me, let me <laughs> yeah. tell you. I mean, sorry. I, I often like over, over yeah. uh, introduce the guests. Oh, so okay. we'll, we'll get right. into the thing. So sure. without further ado, Miss Gina Phillips. Welcome, Gina. Yeah. Welcome to the safe yeah, house. Thanks, Welcome thanks to the safe house. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Sorry we couldn't be in the ring room tonight, but you know. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Um, I was kind of wondering about, you know, how the weather was going to affect our our uh, our interview tonight, but I'm glad we could still do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, we we you know it's it, it's going to take a lot to uh, to throw us off the track. You mm-hmm. know, it's uh, there Dedicated. have been so many so many obstacles in my life already that that I just you know wouldn't. And I'm one of them. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you knew how hard I worked to get this set up already, I wasn't going to let go of it for anything. <laughs> but so so um. Uh, I, we we recently were at the uh, the opening of the new wing of the historic New Orleans collection. Yeah, yeah, that was some years in the works. Yes, and uh, where was this at? Where, where? At the historic New Orleans collection. Oh, okay, I yeah. thought okay, that's a, that's a name of a museum. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's in the French Quarter. Okay. And Gina has a, a beautiful large piece. It's uh, it's uh, Fats Domino. And mm-hmm. he's hovering. It's uh, what it was. It's called uh, uh, Fats Got Out. Yeah, right? Fats Got Out. And um, yeah, he's kind of hovering, levitating, jumping over the industrial canal. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's really large and and uh, big. It, it's it's now explain how how you uh, the technique of of producing these pieces. Well, that particular piece, I was doing a series about fats. You know, I live mm-hmm. in the Lower Ninth Ward, and the industrial canal is my front yard. And um, so he was kind of the subject of a series where he was kind of transcending time and space and um was he still alive then he's not he, now. well no, at that, that time he was this was yeah. about 10 years ago okay this oh, work. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um it was some of the work the first work that i did after hurricane katrina you know i had to rebuild my house i uh living in the lower ninth ward of course i had you know four feet of water in my house wow and uh um, stay right on that microphone for me yeah yeah, yeah. is that there better that's yeah great. sorry yeah, that's all right um and uh so yeah the the whole you know fats is a figure in our neighborhood um uh figured prominently in my work there for a while so that particular piece that that's at the historic new orleans collection uh symbolic you know it's called it's fats got out which means you know he got out he made it big um against all odds you could say he was as a performer as a performer yes right um some would say, you know, the first rock and roll song was a Fats Domino song. Sure. The Fat Man. The Fat Man, yes. And um, and so he got out in that sense. He made it big, but he always came back home. You know, his home in the Lower Ninth Ward is like our Graceland. Right. It's yeah. still there? It's still there, yeah. You uh, know, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure. I think the, the Jazz and Heritage Foundation had something to do with Maybe they were going to renovate it. I don't know where that stands. He never lived in his house again. Did he have any storm. kids to leave it to? Or I, I don't know. I think he has a lot of kids. I don't remember the number of kids that he has, well, but several. Well, well, you know, for for years before Katrina, they had that house, and that house looks like it's probably uh, you know 1960 era construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like brick home on on a slab, and had you know the 1960s era uh, uh, surveillance cameras outside that hadn't worked in. 40, 50 years. Yeah, it's kind of a time capsule. Right. So I, I went down there. A friend of mine was traveling with Todd Rundgren and, and, and 
came in and he's like, I'd really want to meet Fats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, we can go down there and see if he's around. So we go and, and uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Slim. Oop, oop, do. Anyway, uh, another great recording artist is, is mowing a lot, the, the lawn on one of Fats's lots. And uh, okay. say, hey, is Fats around? He goes, yeah, yeah, he's, he's down there. He's, he said he's in the, the shotgun next to the, the house. Right. He had kind of a little compound going there. I think it was like he and his wife need a little space, right. you know, which I think is the answer to marital, marital bliss. Everybody needs their own house. Right. So, but, so uh, the wife lived in the house, the, the, the 60s era house, and Fats lived in the shotgun double next Next to it, mm-hmm. and I think he had both both sides, but he didn't have a door cut in between, so he'd have to go out the front and go in the front door of the other one. So we go knock on his door, and he comes out uh, with a, with like a hairnet on and a U undershirt, and we said, "Yeah, you know, we'd hate to bother you, but you know, my friend from L.A." He goes, "Oh, l- let me get dressed. I'll come out and take a picture with you." That's the kind of guy he was. Mm-hmm. He comes out and. So anyway, yes. The, so you're down there with the the in that that milieu. But we're talking about the uh, how the pieces was actually the technique. Yeah, the technique um, is uh, you know it starts out with an underpainting. So all the work that I do with fabric is really an extension of painting. Um, and uh, and then I kind of uh, instead of layering paint, I'm then layering fabric on top of an underpainting and kind of fleshing out the image. And uh, I use a long arm quilting machine in a non traditional manner. I use it like a drawing with thread machine and applique all kinds of stuff to the surface. Um, so I think in that piece, there were maybe some uh, little applique uh, dinosaurs in the clouds. Right, right. There's a lot and, of very um, fine detail. And, you mm-hmm. know, if you get right up on it, it's a, it's a large piece, but you get really close. It's a ton of very fine stitch work and all these s- small figures like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the scene of uh, like the vantage point of if you're right up on the levee, uh, right on the industrial canal and you can see the river out at the mouth of the canal and uh, a little bit of Algiers Point on the other side of the river. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. And so you're from Kentucky originally. Yeah, that's right. But this, mm-hmm. when you started as an artist and painting, but mm-hmm. fabric wasn't, you're th- calling yet, right? Well, uh, when I was in Kentucky, I was making mixed media work where I was kind of layering a lot Where's of materials. Kentucky, I grew up in central Kentucky, um, okay. in uh, Richmond, Kentucky. Okay. So that's just a little bit south of Lexington, kind yeah. of like... The Are you near the caves? Not super near the caves, no. Because no. I went to the caves. You went of, to Mammoth Cave? Yeah, uh, when my child was around six, seven years mm-hmm. old. And I was terrified out of my life. Really? You know, I've never the, even been in that place. Those, those caves yeah. are terrifying. And I took yeah. the rookie cave tour. Huh. I took the rookie ta- cave tour, and I was just terrified. Did you feel kind of panicky because you were trapped underground? Yeah, and uh, the, the, the ranger kept, like, turning off the lights just to fuck with me. Yeah. What? It's like, well, let's see if there's bats. Turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> no bats. But my d- wife and daughter were, they were fine with it, you yeah. know, because, hmm. you know, but... No, I don't. I didn't dig that, those. Yeah, caves. that's that doesn't sound right. And there's and then my mom actually, when she was like in her twenties, lived in Clarksville, uh, which is that base, that army base between Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Close to the Kentucky border, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. right on the border, huh. and um, she didn't care for it too much. Yeah, <laughs> but she went back to see it as you know, as a senior yeah, citizen. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, right in there. You're right, yeah. But uh, so, so, so you're you, way east of that. 
Uh, yeah, somewhat. Just like really right in the middle of the state. You know, okay. grew up right next to I-75. All right, so are you a, mm-hmm. from a family of artists? Are you I'm from a, a family of um, artists and musicians um, and uh, mechanics. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pe- basically, you know, people working with their hands. Right. Okay, well, mm-hmm. cool. And, and you play mu- music, I play as, well. music you, as well. You play music as well. You play guitar, you mm-hmm. write songs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my grandmother was in a uh, a group with her family. Uh, they would sing on the radio. Oh no, kind of. You know, the Carter family was you know big influence on them. Yeah, and uh, she taught a lot of uh, her kids, my uncles, how to play guitar. And um, so it was. It was just always. It was always around. And she was also an artist and my mother's an artist and some of my uncles. Um, so it, it kind of runs in the family. Oh, okay. They're all painters or, or sculptors, uh, kind of, just, uh, you know, whatever. Kind of like what I do. Yeah. I would say, I mean, they did not use this term, but they were mixed media artists. They yeah. used, you know, all kinds of materials. Um, my grandfather was a mechanic. So we had our, you know, I grew up in a junkyard basically. Oh, we had okay. our own, junkyard on the premises uh leftover like a lot of abandoned cars and uh-huh. car parts and and junk and so i you know grew up my mother is a very young mother single mom mm. and um uh so i grew up with my mother and my grandparents and my uncles and there were a lot of people in the house so i had to go out and make my own space for myself basically building my own environment out in the yard out of the junk uh, re- basically re- repurposing repurposing the, uh, the, the junk and making clubhouses and tree houses uh, and digging holes and and nobody cared you know that the yard was junky or what you know maintaining appearances so i could just do whatever i wanted right so you're an only mm-hmm. child i have a um half sister um oh. who's 13 years younger than me and um this is kind of going off on a, another subject matter, but I, I recently found a half brother through an ancestry DNA test. Oh, wow. So I have you an older half brother. He looked I it had up. done this ancestry DNA test um, mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago, and then I guess he had just done it. He was a, adopted. Um, my father, you know, had this. God, was, I, I, was the connection there. Haven't and, we, oh. we, we've known a few guests who've done this, haven't we? A couple guests Come, over the it's year. It's been coming up, huh? That they're, they're, they're looking up this ancestral thing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Luke, Luke Sparallen did this because he was hoping to be Jewish, wasn't he? That's, he yes, yes, yeah, yes. And he Turned found out he's not. He's not, not at all. Yeah. He's not a Jewish at all, but... No, I, that that scares yeah. the hell out of me to do this. Yeah, well, like the, don't don't do that DNA no, no, test. I'm you don't know what do you it. might no, what no, might turn no. up. Um, I mean, you know, I I might actually. I, if you meet look this at me, guy. I look a little bit like Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Manson. <laughs> yeah. He might be your brother. Your, your, well, your yeah. might be dad. <laughs> Did say your yeah, mom got around. Right? <laughs> you know, it's California. Yeah, yeah. Man. It was the sixties. Swinging day. Who can yeah. say what, what went down? Exactly. You know. That kind of stuff. But go on. I, I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt. Um, yeah. So I don't know where I was with that. But yeah, I just. Uh, so you looked up and you found another brother. Yeah. I, he found me. Um, and um, I I knew there was a chance I might have a. So how was that someone. reunion? How well, was I haven't it? met him yet. Oh, you haven't this met is, him? This is very recent. Oh, very okay. New. So you're going to do like. A, is I th- there... I'm, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe next month. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll can see. we have you back on the show to recap? Sure. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. That's on. Okay. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that in writing. Okay, <laughs> make a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah make a note. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you went to school in Kentucky, and and 
and you worked there for a while, or you were producing art there? Yeah, I, I started um, as an artist there. And, you know, like when I was in, in high school, I, um, I thought, you know, this is ridiculous. Nobody's an artist. That's not something you can do. So I, uh, I took drafting classes uh-huh. at the vocational school, which was right next to my high school. So you could take, you could, there was this partnership with the high school and the vocational school. And um, so I was like, I want to be an architect. And uh, that's, you know, smarter decision economically. You know, nobody's an artist. Then um, I went to the, the University of Kentucky and um, uh, finally took art studio classes. You know, all through high school, I didn't, I didn't take art studio. I just okay. uh, was trying to channel my creative energy into a lucrative career. Mm-hmm. So I thought. And, um, and so... Then, you know, once I got into studio classes and that environment and just really, you know, felt right at home and yeah. uh, realized, you know, pursued fine art as a major. And now, uh, now, did you find that that part of it was the the social aspect of it that that you fit in, like you found yeah. found a, a community, a peer group, and you thought, mm-hmm. oh, these are the people that that I was wondering where yeah. who these people or where they were going to be. And this yeah, is where they and the uh, the art building at the University of Kentucky at that time was called the Reynolds Building, and it was this defunct tobacco warehouse that was just this huge rambling fire trap of a structure <laughs> that I realized tobacco's big in Kentucky yeah tobacco in uh, <laughs> in central Kentucky where I grew up it's like heard that all around where I grew up just tobacco fields you know they have more smoking sections than non-smoking sections I, yeah I, I'm, I'm sure discovered in that part of the country yeah. yeah yeah so what brought you down here so fast forward a few years what well I had I'd here? come here I first visited here on a road trip um in the summer of 91 with oh God, six other okay, people so in two though. cars. We did this cross-country road trip that took like nine weeks. But New Orleans was our first stop as a as a group all together. Right. And uh, just really was taken with it. And I uh, did another visit and then decided I would apply to Tulane for graduate school because I okay. really liked New Orleans. Okay. And mm-hmm. so what was the time at Tulane? What years? That was like 95 to 97. Okay, that's way before me then. Okay, because I work at Tulane now. Oh, okay. I've worked at there for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and I, I can't stand it. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> my wa- wife works there. She's been longer, you know, there longer than me, and she can't stand it either. But it is a gig, you know. It's a good-paying gig. Oh, yeah. No, like Tulane's that. one of the major employers here in yeah, town. Yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. Well, I had, a, I had a great experience in grad school. Um it was, uh, I had a lot of fun, you know, I would, um, go out to, to see music with, uh, my best friend Juan, we were in, we were in grad school together. We would go out to see music like four or five nights a week, you know? Right. And while we were, you know, still doing our work or do you still like music now? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm hmm. Gina actually came out I, I to, saw our, Renee to our gig night. last night. I what was that at? At the Circle Bar. Oh, the Circle and, Bar. But look, man, it was an epic night last night. Well, you all had some guests. Yeah, so so we had, it was a, a packed house because, you know, it's it's festival season. Where right. It's, you know, just, season. just it's always festival Everything season. But, but this, season this is the here. major festival season. Yeah. We just had French Quarter Fest. And so still a lot of people in town. They had the, you know, the the Wednesday concert in, in Lafayette Square and get a lot right. of overflow from that. But then last week, uh, I met this, these three singers. These, these girls are uh, black girls from Poplarville, Mississippi. And I think they might have had a soul 
singing group at one time, but but as of late, uh, they're they're like a soul country act, and it's so it's two sisters and their friend from Poplarville, and they sing great, and so they they. Uh, we, we met them at the French Quarter Festival and they came out to our gig last night. We'd already had, you know, uh, um, Dale Spaulding from Canned Heat sat in, played a tune on harmonica with us, and we had a whole bunch of musicians. But then these girls show up and they really make a big presence, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you can't miss them. And, and uh, so we figured out a tune to play on the break. And, and we did it, and it brought the house down. And, and these girls are, are total showbiz. It's like, you know, it's showtime. You know, the iguanas are a band. You know, we play music. But right. it's not like, a, not like a showtime kind of thing, you know. But right. these girls get up, and it's like, okay, everybody put your hands together. <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. And, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of an, an epic night, and Gina was yeah, there Yeah, I was for there. It. I saw it. Was, it was really cool. They sang Angel from Montgomery. Yes, Hi- Hyperfly is their name. Shout is. out to Hyperfly. Yeah, we're gonna, you're going to be seeing a lot more of those girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Terrific. their name. Hyperfly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Terrific. So, act. so they brought the house down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was a great night. So uh-huh. yes, Gina was there, and and we hung out chatting afterwards. So yes, Gina still goes out to hear music a lot. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about art school. So you had a mm-hmm. good. Exp- did you find that that uh, your your uh, instructors were encouraging they must have been because because you enjoyed it yeah you know with with um all through school any of the instructors i had um i i pretty much did what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. and it seemed to work out for me nobody ever discouraged me uh but you know i would kind of cross boundaries in terms of you know i I had a degree in painting but i ended up doing a lot of work using textiles Uh and um so yeah i i just you, you kind of you know, get out of it what you put into it, what you want to get out of it. So, right. You know, because we had uh, Michael Dees was a, a former guest of ours, and he said f- every minute he was in in art school, they were trying to drum him out. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because at the time, uh, you know, it was it was very uh, abstract. Uh, oh, okay. Was, was in vogue, and you know, Michael's a realist painter, and that's all he wanted to do. And he said they just couldn't stand that and and he actually wound up leaving and he said i, I learned to really learn to paint uh painting harlequin romance covers well, there was that there was like some like there was like one guy i think he said i forget his name but uh there was like the one bit of competition that he had that couldn't stand him and he was a guy who was like the the, the guy who would hung, hang out in the rafters and, and right right had culti- a, cultivated a, a, a you yeah, know yeah, yeah some kind uh, of uh, eccentric uh, artist yeah, kind of yeah, uh, they were nemesis and but Michael was like who the fuck's this guy you know right right he's trying to create huh. this like persona like. You know, he's he just comes out of the rafters and everyone's like in awe of him and stuff like that. And Michael's like oh. very challenging. So what, he was like a performance artist. No, no, he's a painter. But you know, he's oh, okay. one of those guys that is trying to embody the uh, the tortured mm-hmm. artist, yeah, the tortured the symbol of that. You know, where the, Michael was ready to paint. Yeah, you know, he he had he knew what he wanted to do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Where did he go to school? Uh, uh, y'all remember? Somewhere uh, up in the northeast. I'll, I'll check yeah. out the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. check, check <laughs> it out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. so so you had a good experience mm-hmm. there, and you I had did. a good experience. Yeah, at and, I, and, and I learned stayed. how to teach while I was there. You, yeah, I'm sorry, I, had you, a, I had a teaching assistant. Oh, okay. So now, did yeah. you enjoy that? Uh, yeah, I learned. I I enjoyed that. Um, I taught as an adjunct at Tulane for a long time, and uh, now I teach in um, t- a talented and art program. 
Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Where's that at? Uh, at Heinz Charter School in Lakeview. Oh, you're at Heinz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic that they have uh, you know that kind of that kind of opportunity for those kids. Yeah, yeah, it works out well. I'm there just three days a week, so I have time to to do my so art. So when you and, uh, and teach when part-time. you see young kids like this, mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell right away. You're blown away. This girl or this kid is just like, wow, this is, this yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I see that too, because I think my daughter's that way, but then I think she's got a couple of friends that I look at their art and I'm going, because my daughter wants to be a graphic artist, engineer, whatever, that kind of stuff. And she's very good. She's very talented. Mm-hmm. But she's got a couple of friends that I look at and I go, whoa, these, these kids, they've got They've got a future in this. Does your daughter go to NOCA? No, she goes to Lusher. Mm. Um, and Lusher has a strong art program. Yeah, they have a strong trying art to, program. Uh, you know, foster um, that. And she, apply, uh, she didn't really want to go deal with NOCA because she didn't want to deal with the travel and stuff. You know, oh, right. pe- people yeah. get it at She's Lusher. She's like me. That, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to stray too far. <laughs> too much work. <laughs> yeah, it's too much work. I was like, well, I got to take a bus. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but this, she's got this friend of hers who uh, they we've known each other, you know, they've known each other since like six months, seven months old. And this girl is just genius. I mean, mm-hmm. so do you see that? Like when, at the school you work at? You, like, yeah, I see like, it. You know, you know what's that? Uh, There's a, I just finished watching for the, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, oh, but funny. I just finished watching again. I love this movie. And every time it comes on, I watch it. It's Six Degrees of Separation where uh, there are art dealers in New York City and Donald Sutherland is like this crazy art dealer. And he goes to his school. He he, re, he remembers going to his uh, his son's second grade class and looking at all the artwork and going, "Well, this is pretty good." But then he walks into the third grade class and goes, "Wow!" And he just realizes, like, "Wow, these third graders, they're like Matisse and all these, you know, all this kind of people like that." So, when as a, as an art teacher, as an art person, do you under do you, do you see someone go? Wow, man! This, this yeah, I feel like I can I can spot it, and a, and a lot of times it will be something like maybe the kids' regular like homeroom teacher mm-hmm. probably wouldn't see it. Yeah, you know, because it, it, there's something about the line quality, or you know, um, the way they're using space, or you know, it may not uh, be immediately clear to. Oh, you see, like a kid who just is yeah. doing like Jackson Pollock and going. Well, this is fun. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Well, so, you know, I was, I was going over a lot of your pieces today, and, and they're, they're so brilliant. The colors are so vibrant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, do you find, you know, using cloth that, that it allows you to get like super saturated? Well, I'll looking... tell you where that came from. Okay. Um, Actually, you know, like after Katrina, um, you know, my photos flooded in the photo albums I had. And there was this weird phenomenon where parts of the photos would be completely crisp and clear and other parts were totally distorted, you know. Mm -hmm. And especially like the photos from the, the 80s just had these like amazing layers of neon acid yellows and deep magentas that were kind of coming to the surface from the erosion of of the chemicals on the surface Uh and so i did this body of work where i used that as reference and um and made some work based on on that distorted imagery and i became really addicted to that palette yeah at that time you know like just these super saturated colors 
the yellows, the greens, the magentas, and and it shows up in in a lot of my work now. You know, it's like I'm I'm past that particular series of work, uh-huh. but um, you know, any new body of work, it tends to be I I, I have. I can't resist, you know, really saturated bright colors. So, Gina, speaking of addiction, mm-hmm. did you hear about this that happened the other day? What's that? Oh, yeah, you got to tell her. Yeah, I got to tell you about What's this. What's the thing? Tell her what to ask her. Yeah, ask her the um, question. The guy, there's a guy who was returning his rent-a-car to a rent-a-car place. And he returned it. They checked him in. They signed him out. He was walking away. And then he realized... That he left under the hood of his rental car two bags of heroin and two bags of cocaine under the hood of his car. Sounds like a of the rental of the rental car. So this guy goes back to the rental car place. It could be Hertz, rent, you know, it mm-hmm. could be Enterprise. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. He goes back and says, "Listen, I forgot something in the car. Do you think I can go retrieve it?" And they said, "Well, what is it?" He says, well, it's two bags of heroin and two bags of cocaine. <laughs> it's under the hood. Under yeah. the hood, of yeah, course. He sells them straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. sells them straight up. Okay. So they look at him and go, well, I don't think we're going to do this for you. No, they, no, what they said, they said, we don't have the car here today. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, okay. So then the girl called the, the police. Police. And, told, and they were able to find the two bags of cocaine, well, two bags yeah, of heroin. But, so he's on the run. And since he returned to rent a car, he's on the run, literally on the run, on his two feet because he doesn't have a car to run sure. with. You know, um, so um, yes. yeah, yeah. Now I didn't hear about that right story. No, it's, right, it's right there. Oh, okay. You have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Where did this in, happen? In New Orleans. I would in New yeah. Orleans East. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally missed that. Story. Smart, smart robbers, smart drug dealers <laughs> down here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, right, right below that, uh, they they have another story in in the newspaper, and it's a guy that, that says. Uh, uh, he was pulled over uh, again in New Orleans East on Reed Boulevard, and uh, police. T- it says smelled marijuana inside the vehicle. Uh, said then, then they searched. That's still illegal. They searched marijuana? the vehicle and found a large bag containing marijuana, ecstasy pills, a scale, oh. and a semi-automatic firearm. <laughs> and at first, I thought, well, okay, this guy is violating the uh, the uh, John Sinclair rule. Are you familiar with the John Sinclair no, rule? No, what is that? Okay, so you know John Sinclair, like free John Sinclair. Oh, okay, the, right, the, right, right. The oh, okay. founder of the, yeah. the White Panther Party, mm-hmm. uh, uh, manager for the MC5. Mm-hmm. You know, he was sentenced to ten years for two joints. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, if you're going to break the law, only break one law at a time. You can usually get away with one. You know, it's when you start stacking those, those infractions that, that you really, uh, you know, you're putting yourself you're in, in yourself. grave danger. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was thinking, well, if this guy's got a bunch of drugs in the car, you can't be smoking a joint at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, you're really asking for it. Really asking for it. So, all right, people, like, you know, again, we've talked about the John Sinclair rule in the past, but just to reiterate, if yeah, you're going to break the law, only yeah, do one at a yeah, time. Yeah, one at a time <laughs> is good. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they'll keep the, pap- the paperwork will keep piling up and you'll just, you know, you'll get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, they don't care. One, they'll let you go. You know, it's, right? It's exactly. Like, you know, it's, a, it's a freebie. Um, so now that that uh, that um, piece, fat, fat's got out. That's mm-hmm. actually a two sided piece. Like you can, yeah, view that's it from, true. From, you know, and it's it's hardly ever been shown that way. Um, it was at the Ogden a few years ago in a show, and we were, we were able to hang it uh, from the ceiling in a way where you could see the back because oh, cool. a lot of times the the back 
sides of these pieces are as interesting as the the front sides. But you don't compose it with the idea of of the back, do you? Sometimes I do. Okay. Yeah. Some pieces really are two-sided pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's not always easy to, to display that work. Yeah. And um, so I did make a frame, I custom made a frame for that piece where the back is exposed. Okay. So it could be, you know, could be shown that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know the artist Keith Duncan? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. Keith. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He's been our guest. He was our guest like a month or so. Oh, ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's he's crazy. Yeah, okay, I like yeah. He that. actually just just uh, finally accepted my friend request on Facebook <laughs> today. <laughs> just today. Well, <laughs> it's like yeah. talk well, about maybe timely. He's, maybe yeah. he's not on Facebook too much. But uh, no, I don't you know. think he is. <laughs> yeah, it's like some, some people he, you have them as guests and you you ask mm-hmm. them to promote their show a little bit and mm-hmm. they they yeah. I don't know suddenly they get shy. You know, oh, it's like, right, well, right, right. I don't know if you don't want to. To be known, then you're in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, know. You know, well, Keith is a good guy. And yes. he's, he's the best audience anyone could ever have because he laughs at anything you say. <laughs> he laughs. He's got a great voice. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. Well, I'll, I'll tell him because I work with him. Oh, okay. He yeah, works, tell him I said hi. I, he works part time with me at, yeah. at the university. He shows up and uh, he just he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And we love Keith. So Keith, if you're listening, which I don't think you are. No, um, no, no. He's, he doesn't know no, how to he, find this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's never even heard his yeah. own. Yeah. Um, no, so being from Kentucky, I, I, I do notice a, uh, and, and, and there's a definite Southern vibe to your work. And here's how, how I would characterize that is a lot of Southern art, is concerned with the small moments, the mm-hmm. small moments mm-hmm. between people, because uh, uh, Southerners love that, you know, like Flannery O'Connor. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, th- I was looking at your paintings. I was, it was reminding me of like a Flannery O'Connor story, of of how you know we. It, there doesn't even have to be any action. It's just the small moments between people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that's a good observation. I definitely in my work, there's an element of the tragic comic, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, like, um, uh, you'll be in this kind of absurd over the top situation. And this was, you know, true of my family all the time where there was so much drama and trauma. And then they just turn around uh, in a short amount of time and just laugh about it. You know, right. cause that's how they would deal with it. Sure. And it's, it's kind of ingrained in me. And I think that that's true for a lot of Southerners, that kind of that element in storytelling. And, uh, I think that comes out in my work a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, moving to new Orleans, I, you know, in many ways, new Orleans is very different from Kentucky, but, um, uh, but there is, and there's an element of the country in New Orleans. Yes, and uh, that felt very familiar. And of course, the characters and the stories, you know, I felt really at home. So, did you live near Churchill Downs, Kentucky uh, Derby? Country. Well, somewhat. Did you own a horse as a kid? No, I didn't. I didn't know anything about horses when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh no. But I was I was very near horse country. But my family we weren't we weren't into the horses. Yeah. Yeah, I'd stay away from. (laughs) My wife's been trying to get me on a horse her Mm -hmm. entire life. She finally did it last year. She got you off the horse. Got you off. True enough. True okay, enough. Yeah. But, uh, but I had a horse once in Mexico. You did? Yeah. I wow. My, my grandparents bought the grandchildren horses uh-huh. down in Mexico. And we had this, like, you know, I lived in California. So I can only go visit every one, you know, a couple times a year. Name was Ace. 
Oh, that's that's name. a great name for a horse. Yeah, and the, the 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 caretaker of the ranch, she was uh, drunk, and <laughs> he left the gate open, and all the horses and cows got out. And then he closed it. And, and yeah, well, then he closed it. Uh, you know, but what good is that? You know, know. <laughs> closing the door. No, but all they all got. They, my horse got hit on the highway. Mm. Oh no! The highway got hit by like a semi really? truck. Yeah. Jeez, Manny. Yeah, it's tough. It's terrible. It's tough times. <laughs> yeah. Tough times for it horses. Was, it was mm. two to one odds that it would have gotten. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have a. I think I'm gonna have a weird dream about this yeah. tonight. I had yeah. a parlay on that. It almost paid off, yeah. man. But speaking about Southern culture and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, this is so to me. This is um, very New Orleans, I guess. I, I I saw something I wanted to talk about weeks ago. Okay, but we were so inundated with. Um, great guests. Y- yeah, great guests, and and your problems. All of my personal problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a uh, a woman on Bourbon Street who, um, I guess she was from out of town. I don't know if she was from out of town or not. But she was upset on the pour of her drink. Huh. She, she went, you know, she went, of course Bourbon Street is too gonna, strong. No, 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 no. Um, of course, Bourbon Street's going to rip you off, just like the airport cocktail bars will rip you off. You know, oh. it's like, you know. So she's paying $12 for a cocktail oh, and she geez. feels that, the bartender didn't give her enough alcohol. Yeah, she's picking the, the wrong place. Yeah, man, well, yeah, yeah. New yeah. Orleans bartenders know how to pour a drink. That's well, yeah, but I mean, you get those places, you know, on Bourbon Street where the people are holding signs, they come on in. So, anyway, right, right. I'm sure she got a perfect pour. I'm sure she got a really good pour. She just wanted to complain. Well, maybe I don't know, but she felt uh, cheated in some way. So. Uh, she had her drink. She wasn't going to throw her drink because it's you know filled with alcohol. Right, just, right. So you know how these bartenders at, at bar, they have these metal uh, shakers. You know the shakers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she picked up one of those metal shakers. Oh, and she threw it at the bartender. Oh no! And like that's scraped his forehead. Oh no, that's battery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure can't do that <laughs> because she felt she was shorted on her poor. Oh, okay. Now, now this shorted. woman is still out loose today. They never found her. She uh, ran off. Huh? And this guy had uh, like eight stitches. Oh, Jesus. This guy had eight stitches. No, no, no. Mm. You know, people, uh, uh, there's stories in the newspaper all the time of, there, uh, this, I, I have one right here where s- someone was, uh, they, they went into a, a store and they asked for chocolate ice cream. And the person said that we're out of chocolate ice cream, so she spit on him, and then she took a <laughs> baseball bat and she started breaking out the windows at the Rally's restaurant. <laughs> and like people, I don't know, it's the 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 climate of contention that we're in right now, uh, or or a certain sense of license that people have, a certain sense of aggrievement they they yeah. um, they feel um, um, it's it's okay to express. Mm, yeah, I have um. A neighbor. Well, I don't think she lives there anymore, but she really didn't get along with, with the neighbor right next door to her. Mm-hmm. That's you? And no, no, no. This is not a direct neighbor. Oh, uh, a few okay. blocks over. Okay. But uh, they got into some kind of argument. Yeah. And the, the other neighbor aggressively mooned oh, this woman. Oh, jeez. <laughs> now, now, who does that really hurt? You know? <laughs> it's like, well... You know, the, the one person maybe will never be able to unsee that. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other hand... It's definitely one of those you couldn't unsee it situations. How, how humiliating yeah. is that for the for the perpetrator? 
I mean, have we no sense of decency? I guess I guess the answer is no, Gina. <laughs> I think no. I think the answer I, I, is no I these days. No. We well, do. Yeah. It was bad enough this woman sold her house and moved out of state. I think you know. It wow. Was, it affected her greatly. Yeah. Well, sometimes no. that's all you can do. You know, it's just 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 uh, remove yourself from the situation. You know, well, I, I think I think this is a good time to uh, take, take a, a little break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All We're right, gonna sure. Take a break and get yeah. another cocktail, uh, Nation. Go do that for yourself, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. And we're back, back in the safe house, back yeah. with Manny Chevrolet, back with Miss Gina Phillips. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. Loud and clear, loud and clear. Right, Got a yeah. red light here. So, you know, we're talking about people, uh, you know, um, losing their sense of decorum and, and uh, you know, acting out in certain ways. You know, so sometimes I, I read the newspaper and there'll be several stories that are hilarious, sometimes none. Um, I'm not going to go into the, these, but there's. I have one strip from yesterday's newspaper, and it's five out of five ridiculous stories. I'm gonna, <laughs> so the the one about the the ice cream was number three. Um, the one right below that is uh, this guy in St. Louis. Uh, no, excuse me, in uh, Gulfport, Florida. Back to Florida. Okay, it's always so, Florida. Uh, Florida. It's either Florida. We have Arizona. a thing about Florida. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely know. a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so this guy in, in Gulfport, Florida, a uh, 71-year-old man filled a squirt gun with urine and sprayed a woman <laughs> who was walking her dog. <laughs> the Gulfport police uh, uh, said in the arrest report that Jill William Benjamin approached the woman on Sunday and squirted her several times with the urine-filled squirt gun. Was it his urine? Well, we don't know. Okay. They, they, don't, they don't go into those details. <laughs> I'm not sure they've, the, the DNA tests are back on it yet, but okay. for sure he was the one squirting it. Um, so Benjamin told officers that he would, quote, do it again. But it was, it was, he would do it again if he got a chance. <laughs> it, was, it was unclear what motivated the attack. But does it really matter? Yeah, uh, you well, know, it's like, I, uh, is it's there anything? It's not unclear to me. He's, he's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he likes squirting his, I think it's his urine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you two to one odds. I think own, you're probably yeah, right. Probably right, probably right, yeah. Manny. Well, I saw something crazy. Yes. Uh, you know, um. Uh, you live in the Ninth Ward, mm-hmm. and we live in New Orleans and stuff like that. And and I don't know if you saw this story. I just saw it this morning, and I heard about it late last night um, when I woke up screaming from my my slumber. Right. Um, but they they some Swedish researchers. I think it was Sweden or European, somewhere in Europe. You know, everyone, all the guys are growing beards now. Everybody mm-hmm. has a beard. Mm-hmm. The beard's the thing from the from the the athlete, to the celebrity, to everyone. They're growing beards now. And they're long beards. It's like six inches, eight inches, 12 inches, 12 inch beards. And they're very groomed and stuff like that. But this, I saw this report, uh, a research study that said that men with beards have more bacteria in their beards than dogs. Yes. Oh, like yeah. that dog right there. Right. See that dog? I see yeah. that dog. Looks miserable right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's given up. You could tell. Yeah. She, she's, yeah. she, she looks like she's she's lost the will to do anything but well, just lay there. I but understand. yeah, no, I, I saw that same story. Right, yeah, um, yeah. In fact, I have it right in front of me here. Okay, all right. So, so all right, good. Yeah, the clinic in Switzerland took swabs from uh, the facial hair of 18 men and the necks of 30 dogs across a range of breeds. I, I guess they're talking about breeds of dogs, not breeds of men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe different breeds of men as well. Um, get a real cross-section there. Uh, it said seven of the men, seven of the 18, tested positive for microbes that 
that actually posed a threat to human health. Right, yeah. Whereas a dog fur, you know. But So I'm looking around. Now, now, now I can't trust anything, man. I can't trust these guys. Because we have tons of friends who have these beards. I know I do. I try to stay away from the beards anyway. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah well, it's you, never been You shaved thing. today. It looks like you shaved this oh, yeah, morning. Oh, no, yeah, no, I, I shave. Yeah, 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 no, yeah I understand. I know you shave. <laughs> I mean, I, I should. Yeah, but I mean, we've had some past guests on the show who have beards and stuff. Yeah, and now, Luke's got a nice beard. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, now that he's got now you don't beard, trust yeah, him. I don't trust that yeah, at all. I, I, I just know. feel bad for their partners, basically. Well, you know, my wife was pointing out that while these these microbes may be um, hazardous, in fact, we have as long as you don't have a compromised immune system, you know, we're, we come in contact with potentially dangerous microbes all the time, but mm-hmm. our, our immune systems are able to fight them off. So right. maybe this is, you know, a bit of a tempest in a teacup. Well, yeah. Say. Well, I, I don't own a dog, so... Yeah. Well, you uh, don't like dogs, right? I, I don't like animals. You don't like animals? I don't like animals to <laughs> No, well, with. to clarify, Manny likes animals. He just doesn't think they should be kept as pets. Right. Exactly. Yes. yes I'm I, a- I also saw recently that in petting zoos, petting zoos are, are a... Uh, a breeding ground, so to speak, for for, us, what? for um, dangerous bacteria, and not yeah. just what you would expect, but I think from people, oh, yeah. people who are dirty touching, the, touching animals, the animals, and then so the animal is is not the huh. source of the the uh, the dangerous it's the bacteria. Dirty people. It's the dirty people touching the animals, and right. other people catching the you know. But you know what's the funniest thing though about petting zoos is giving beer to those goats. I love giving beer to the goats. Back to the goats. The goats yeah. come up every every episode. In yeah. fact, in fact, look, the final one of this this, this strip of five stories. We don't we don't re- we don't we don't get together at all theme. during the week. Yeah, and, no. The, the, apparently it's happening. The, the, the final the final story of, of this 5 out of 5 in one one column strip is that Harvard uh, a Harvard University residence hall just ended a decades old tradition of skinning and barbecuing a goat in the courtyard. <laughs> Just that uh, just recently. Ivy League ended. school that does this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Harvard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a tradition, huh? Yeah, yeah. But well, no longer. What? Uh, so, so the uh, <laughs> Dunster House faculty deans informed students of the decision in an email last week, uh, citing student discomfort with the tradition and health concerns, and uh, they said, "Well, the Dunster goat roast will continue just without an actual goat." Well, how are they going to do that? Well, I don't mm. know. I, I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. It doesn't but, make sense. But, uh, but I thought, okay, well, here's once again, the goats will come up on the podcast. <laughs> well, uh, goats are, you know. So, Gina, do you, have, do you ever use goats as, as in, in any of your pieces? You no, know, I've never had an image of a goat in any of my artwork. I've had images of a lot of chickens, dogs, uh, horses. Lizards. Eagles. Uh, no lizards. Uh, no. Okay. Gators? Uh, no gators. Never done an image of a gator. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did see one of your pieces, uh, with the Dance Hall Fats piece. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Jazz and Heritage Foundation owns that piece. Right, right. And that yeah. was commissioned by them. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's right. a very large piece. It's I'm pretty s- big. It's about mm, maybe mm, five or six feet high by 12 feet long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. I'd love to go see that one in person. It's, yeah, it's, they just uh, reinstalled it in their newly renovated space that uh, that corner space that they have where they show art in there. But this this piece is going to be on permanent display, I think, in that nice. in that corner. So, are you? I mean, are your canvases like just your normal size canvases? Are you go from like this to? Yeah, pretty much. It, it 
Manny was just making a gesture of like a yeah, it's a, it's a audio podcast, foot, yeah, yeah. Uh, or no, twelve inches. Um, but yeah, it can be anywhere from a few inches, just whatever to inspires you, twenty three feet long, right? You know, okay. yeah, quite varied in scale. Now you must have an incredible work ethic because if you're teaching three days a week, and then I see I see so much, uh, so many pieces of yours, you must be working constantly. Well, you know, how that goes is you you make a body of work, you're really just like in the work and groove, then you finish work, you've got a show, and you, you typically have to have some, some downtime to, you know, reduce right. to come up with some new imagery. So it, it's a kind of a cycle. Yeah. Now, now, have have you seen anyone else use that? That uh, it's it's called a what is it? A long arm, long arm quilting machine. Right now, I I don't. You know, there's probably I'm sure there's other people um, using the machine as a, an art tool, um, but I I don't know specifically of any people. Now, how did you know. how did you start doing? Well, that? I started doing it. I had just uh, I was increasingly incorporating fabric into my work and um and then actually it was when i was at tulane i decided to just experiment with i i was painting on fabric painting on uh printed imagery and uh, incorporated some some of the printed imagery into the the finished painting and then i at a certain point i decided to just use the fabric as my palette Mm -hmm. and i didn't i don't know how to sew which is you know it's you know people think that's strange when i say that but it's i don't know how to sew the right way okay you know and i think a lot of artists um kind of approach a tool with a kind of uh uh fresh perspective yes sometimes because they're not using it the way other people would use it and that's definitely how i use the sewing machine um the first fabric piece that i did is uh at the ogden museum um it's this large ice skater quilt uh-huh. that's about 14 feet high by eight feet wide something like that and that's all hand sewn wow onto uh the substructure so and it must then, have been quite a revelation when you found yeah something and that, then uh, i started using so a sewing machine with. and then um i i didn't get the the long arm until after katrina before that i would use a regular household sewing machine and mm-hmm. kind of struggle to you know wanting so to work bigger the, and bigger it's this machine that's designed for quilters to okay. use, uh, um, and I, I don't I don't make traditional quilts, but it, it's a machine that works on this quilting frame where the machine moves over the fabric instead of pushing the fabric through okay, the machine. Like a regular, it, it kind of reminds me of like a radial arm saw or something yeah, like that, like an industrial saw. Right, it's, instead of it's a, an industrial a blade, machine. It's, it's a, uh, it has a an arm of you know fourteen inches of space, uh-huh. and it moves over this this uh, track that's like uh, it's on the quilting frame is ten feet long. Uh-huh. So I have a surface that's you know if I'm working on a really large piece, it'll be fourteen inches by. You know, nine and a half feet. So right. when you're really then, inspired, how long does it take for you to do, you know, a, a Well, I like to, to work quickly, even though the, the process I use is kind of, is labor intensive, but, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, surface buildup, but um, I tend to re- work relatively quickly considering the way that I'm working, you know, like that really big piece that I and did. It's all in here. It's like you don't sketch anything. Oh no, I sketch. I start out with oh, okay. a sketch. Yeah. yeah. You always yeah. start out with a sketch. Yeah. I start yeah. out with a sketch and I often use, um, an overhead projector to 
project the sketch so that it's bigger. Oh, that's old school. That's very old old school. school. Yeah, that's cool. And, um, and then I'll do an underpainting and then start the applique process on top of that. And I'll, I'll, I'll put all kinds of stuff on the surface, you know, fake hair, you know, uh, satin cording, uh, all kinds of fabrics. Um, if I can sew it on there, I will. And, right. and you use a lot of a lot of traditional painting techniques, that, like you're talking about it, mm-hmm. like an underpainting. That's right. You do that with yeah. with with, uh, with fabric, right? And and, and, and I'll use you know sometimes you might need something that's like a wash. You know, in mm-hmm. painting you would call it a wash. And so the, the way I translate that in fabric is I'll use like a translucent gauzy fabric, mm-hmm. and that gets this kind of wash effect where you see what's going on underneath, but it changes the color and the the tone right so and 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 it seems like you you work pretty intuitively like you're not you're not um laboring over every little thing you're like well let me just throw this on here and and stitch it up once i have that underpainting you know it's like from there what i'm i'm applicating onto the surface is yeah it it's pretty intuitive and and i have a whole wall that of fabrics that are in sieve through plastic containers where it's kind of like you know, grouped into color families. Uh-huh. So, so you're just looking around. You're, I'm looking you're, for a color. Right. It's, it, I'm looking for a color. It doesn't really matter what the fabric is. Mm. I, I mean, well, it does sometimes, but it, it's more about the color right. and the value. So when do you know when it's done? You know, that's a good question. You it know? is a good question, man. Um, sometimes it's just done. You just have to call it done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then later you look back at it and you're like, was it really done? I don't know, but I'm not getting back into it. Right. I'm going to call it done. Sure. That's my wife's nickname for me, done. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so you you just kind of mm-hmm. know when it's done. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sure like Renee, when you're in the studio, you're working on a song, you you know, you guys have listened, 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 and then you know it's done. It's Well, right. you know, it's it's funny, you should... You know, you would like to think you know. Sometimes you're like, "Well, it sounds really good." What? And people are like, "Well, what if we did this?" And like, "Yeah, sure, okay. Let's let's see what what happens there." And then you know, oftentimes you you work yourself into a cul-de-sac, and you're like, oh, "I yeah. now I knew what I was doing three now, hours yeah, ago. Yeah. Now I feel like we've lost so the thread." No let me pun ask, intended. What, what's yes. your uh, your process in songwriting in your band? Um, you know, it happens like lyrics and music, and how does that it, all? It, it can happen any different way. You really? know, it, like well, sometimes it could be like a a, a, a set of ch- chord changes and a melody that mm-hmm. you, or or it could have you know, someone could have lyrics and 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 come in with a you know a, a very basic structure, and then we get together and it kind of evolves naturally. Or people could bring in full songs, and you know, you could somebody could bring in a full song and you're playing, and somebody would go. What if we put this in a minor key? Oh, okay. And you put it in a minor key, and suddenly the thing just opens up. You know, it's like that moment yeah. when you're 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 pursuing something. You don't know where it's gonna where it's gonna end, but something happens, and suddenly it just feels like you the, just feel it like the the room opens up or your mm-hmm. chest opens up. It's like oh wow, okay, now that that really feels totally different, but it feels like what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to recognize it. Now, recently, so this band I play with, the Geraniums, we did all these recordings. We have like two records worth of stuff we did at Studio in the Country. And we did all the basic tracks, and then we went back and did uh, overdub sessions on it. And we recently didn't, re- we hadn't released any of that stuff, but we went back, myself and Jeff Treffinger, 
went back and, and with the idea of releasing this stuff. And I said, well, without going into the studio and doing anything else, what is the best version we have of each one of these pieces? Let's go through and listen to all of them and catalog it. And more often than not, the, the, the first full band version the first take without right? well not well, well there the, you know we, we would settle on a take and then the take would you know we would do overdubs on that take uh-huh right so but more often than not we'd listen to the, all the overdubs and i'd go you know I, I like the i like the one without all the overdubs i think that was the thing right off the bat uh-huh. so we wound up going back to those initial uh renderings of of the piece so yeah. sometimes you don't know and you just play around and you just have to be you have to be honest with yourself and think, well, we might have spent a couple of hundred dollars or a couple of thousand dollars doing that other stuff, but it wasn't a good idea. So, you know, we're not trying to get our money's worth here. We're trying to make art. Right. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's go back to the the, you know, less uh, fleshed out version. And, of and sometimes there's those bands that um, have these, you know, totally lush studio records and then you see them live and it's it's not the same thing. I mean, it for the most part I would say I I I prefer seeing bands live, like that live version, that immediacy, but then yeah. sometimes it's the other way, you know, every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, let's well, uh, you know, they're they're almost two different things when mm-hmm. you think about it, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a record is much like a painting whereas uh, you know, a perform uh, a gig is like a play. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a performance. It's it's only meant to be in that moment. And and t- to me, the uh, you know, either way, what you're really trying to do is convey emotion, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to be connected, and you know, sometimes it's easier to do that in a live setting where it's it's almost like the stakes aren't as high. You know, you feel like you can take chances. It's kind of a toss off, but you're also more present. You know, it's it's the immediacy is there. Your your humanity is more in play mm-hmm. than you know something that's winds up being more contrived because you do get to labor over it. You do get to, you know. Um, How often do you record your your live performances for um, that reason? You know, trying to capture that kind of feeling. Um, you know, uh, we've we've done a uh, we put out one live record. Uh, you know, I'll I'll record the the band just to to document certain things. Um, but, uh, yeah, generally we, uh, we just leave live performances as, as mm-hmm. the, let them go into the ether, you know? Yeah. You have, you had to be there to, to see it and experience it. Well, and cause you know, there, there's always another one, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, like some people, like I have a good friend, he goes, you know, Renee, I think he, he goes, I love music. So this is Glenn Styler. He goes, I love music. He goes, you love playing music. <laughs> And I was like, you know, that's kind of true. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, you would rather play music than listen to music. It's like, well, yeah, that's actually true. I mean, while I do right, listen to music yeah. on occasion, but you know, play the playing of it because that's when you lose yourself. You know, that's when you know the your ego goes away. That's, see, when I see live music and mm-hmm. I see live theater, that's when I usually walk out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, especially your 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 band. No, Manny loves to mock me. He, yeah. Now I was thinking about this today. Like all the mean things Manny says to me in this podcast, they don't bother me at all. Because <laughs> until tonight, no, 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 because no, no. it, it's uh, you know he's he's a good guy. You, know? and, yeah. and, and, and I guess you guys are like brothers, right? He, he what? You're like brothers. Uh, brothers do that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Sure. Bit, yeah. yeah. We have no, a certain rapport. No. Yeah. Renee and I are both looking at each other like, no, I don't think no, so. No, not really. No, no, no for sure. There's a certain rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a rapport. Yeah, yeah. We're like Martin and Lewis. Yeah. You know? Okay. You know? Or uh, uh, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Okay, yeah. well, they're back together. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, g- just... Uh, Recapping, spit it up, Renee. Yeah, <laughs> spit it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, so, you're, you're, so you know, the, I told the story of the praline man before, right? You know, the guy that I, I gave him a hundred dollars. Oh and yeah, he never, in your neighborhood here. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. guy would come to the neighborhood, Gina, and mm-hmm. he would he would always. He's a hustler. I love it. You know, he's 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 not begging out on the street corner. He makes pralines. He comes around, sells them door to door. I'd always buy them. They're good pralines. Now that's what a trusting soul am I? I'll give somebody money. And they, I, I take food that they made. I don't know what they put in it, and I eat it. So sure, <laughs> a lot sure, of people yeah. wouldn't do that, but you know, I'm again, I'm a trusting person. Did he have a beard? No, no, <laughs> maybe a goatee, maybe a bit of a goatee. Now that you mention it, touche, Gina. Yeah, yeah. Touché. Deep callback. Um, so, so one time the guy showed up last year and and told me this uh, this sad story about how he was. Heart out down on his luck, and you know didn't have a place to stay, and he was having a job a job interview. He's going to get this job, and if he just needed like you know some money to to have a place to stay, and I, I said, well, here's a hundred dollars because uh, I know you're a good guy, and you know now then he never he showed up. No more prowlings. <laughs> no, no, he never. He just totally That's disappeared. It? So I, I roasted the shit out of him on this podcast okay. and told him how you know. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that hundred dollars. What you, what you got for it is my total uh, loss of faith in humanity. What little I had left. Yeah. Well, here's the rest of the story. Oh, okay. Guy oh, turns yeah? up last week. Really? Oh, he's back. He's back, and he's very contrite. He's he very he's, hundred bucks. He's he's, he's no. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's working back up to that, but he's you know very hat in hand, very prodigal son, uh, very sorry. Uh, Says, uh, you know, I, I feel so terrible about what I did. I'm going to make it up to you. He starts repaying me in pralines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, I can only eat so many pralines, but, you know, I got time. And yeah. I'm, 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 I'm perfectly not big, willing. I'm not to, a big praline fan, but go ahead. No, I, I, I'm not a sweets fan in general, but, you know, if, if we have pralines in the house, I'll, I'll nibble, you know, okay. you know, a little bit. Other people like them. So anyway, the praline man is back, and so again, my faith in humanity is is being restored. It's wow, pretty big. You that's know? a big development. Yeah, yeah. So he good. apologized. He didn't give you the hundred bucks back. No, but he's he's paying me off in pralines. <laughs> I mean, it's all he's got. You know, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the hundred dollars. <laughs> but uh, I thought, okay, well, I wasn't so wrong you know it's uh, i got cheated but you know my my instincts were correct well it's like that guy the uh, the guy we talked about this uh, a year ago that guy uh i got cucumbers i got that that guy yeah, yeah. that guy yeah mr okra yeah, mr okra yeah mm-hmm. well every time you come down my street you used to come down my street a lot I got this, I got this. Man, he's going to go bad on Mr. Oak. I'm gonna, <laughs> I pulled him over. I said, well, do you have this? He goes, no, I don't got this. 
He has this. No, I don't got. This. Well, he's got what he's got. Yeah, it's like Costco. A, you know, they don't have everything. A lot of stuff just, Costco has everything. No, no, they? no, they don't. No, they they only they have what they have. You know, if you need something, well, they might have it there. I, I, I don't know what Costco. What what is Costco? Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's you know one of those. So uh, this big this box Mr. Okra was yeah. a big disappointment to me. Okay, well, you know, uh, he never had what I wanted. Rest in peace. You know, uh, the truck is still out there, right? They're still making the routes. I have no I idea. I don't know. <laughs> did, he have, did he have a successor? I, I think uh, he does, okay. but I, uh, I'm not. I'm so not they're not going down my street. Uh, partner up with the Praline <laughs> yeah. man. May, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. One day mm-hmm. you'll get your hundred bucks back. Oh no! It's, Listen, it's, you it's just fun. send it to me. I'll get your hundred bucks in, in a second. Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm gonna ways. work. I'm gonna work with the guy. I so, have a golf club and a baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So, so Gina, you're represented by uh, the Jonathan Ferrara Gallery. Yeah, is that correct? Right. Uh huh. On Julia Street. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of pieces there, and or um, they have some work there. Um, I have a show there about every two years on average, mm-hmm. and uh, they also take my work to art fairs. You know the contemporary art fair scene. Okay, um, they're really real go getters and uh, get their artists work out there. So, yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So, so this piece, uh, Windmills of Your Mind. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. that song, Windmills yes, of Your Mind? Yes, that's where the title comes from. I made the piece, and then it occurred to me while I was making it. The title came to me. Oh, okay. You know. um, uh, I'm, Michelle Dust, Legrand. Dusty in Memphis. Dusty's, Dusty in Memphis. Okay. Dusty in Memphis. The, the album. Right. That's where she sang the song, right? Oh, okay. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, it, it came to me as I was working on it. It's kind of like a thought bubble. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now, so, but it, it, it sort of has a bit of a brainstem on it. Is it yeah, I, it does. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. It, there's, there's a brain form that's in there that um, looks like the, the Michelangelo painting where Adam and God are, you know, right. are touching yes. fingers. Yes. And, and, and that's very brilliantly uh, uh, colored. Mm-hmm. piece there mm-hmm. it's, it's it's one of these post katrina pieces that that has this uh this palette right mm-hmm. yes well, i want to talk about something renee okay um, um I, I i'm trying to catch up on the shows uh-huh um that the uh, wheel that no not the oh, wheel okay. of fortune I'm, okay. I'm caught up on wheel oh, okay. of fortune <laughs> you've been following that uh, jeopardy guy yeah, he saw him yesterday. Yeah, saw him yeah. yesterday. Like you know what, what is he's good? One hundred and thirty-one thousand in one day. Yeah, <laughs> he's, you know he's up to seven hundred thousand as of yesterday. Yeah, you know what he's good at? What? Clicking. It's all about that. Mm. Well, but he knows the answer before. It's, it's, I've seen that guy on a couple of episodes. Yeah, he's I, haven't, good. I haven't seen everyone. He's How many days good. has he been on? He's like he's like a ten-day winner. Wow. Um, Manny gets upset if if anyone disturbs him. He said, "Renee, look." Don't text me, call me, drive by my house, <laughs> knock on the door, or even think about me between yeah, six and Yeah, my friend Benjamin seven. is like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah He's no, like that with Jeopardy. Have, I have the Jeopardy yeah. in the wheel. I have to yes. watch. Well, I'm glad you respect that, <laughs> Gina. It's good. That's good. You know, so she's in my camp. Yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm in your camp too, man. Yeah. I, I respect those wishes. Okay. So what I, you know, I, I've been trying to catch up because we've done a bunch of shows now. We've done, we're like in show episode 55 or 56. Yes. You know, actually I looked it up. Tomorrow is the one year anniversary of our first published show. Well, let's cheers All to right. that. Cheers. Congratulations, cheers, guys. Gina. All right. 
No, I said we couldn't make make uh, a month, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how well, wrong they were. He's a persistent motherfucker. Oh, you guys are good at this. You're naturals. Yeah, he, we're pretty good at. It. But uh, uh, but I noticed that because I'm trying to catch up because mm-hmm. you know I, I I don't do this much, um, but I I saw like um, if you listen to our show. Mm-hmm. For the fans out there, our, our listeners, Troubled Nation. Yeah, the nation. There's a link where you can report a concern. Have you noticed that? Oh uh, yeah. On a concern about our podcast. Yeah. I don't know where that <laughs> is. No. Yeah. no, I saw that. You haven't when, been checking your messages. Yeah. When, I no, it's seen like any it's concerns like reported. It's, it's like it's like <laughs> left of the screen. Huh. And it's you can click on this link where you can report a concern, which which to me just says, well, if you don't, if you're troubled by what we're talking about then you can report it to us. But yeah. the show is called Troubled Men, right. so why would anyone want to report a concern right. to listen to this show? But it's there. Okay. It's well. there. It's, 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 because um, um, I like to listen to our show on the uh, uh, Apple uh iTunes, yeah, iTunes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, Apple, yeah. yeah. Even though we're, we're we, you can listen to us on many other. Uh, I, I, I listen, listen to it on Spotify. Yeah, oh, do you? Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. we're we're recently on Spotify. On Spotify. Yeah, I, I like to listen on the Apple because so I. I, yeah, I can yeah. re, I can rewind and fast forward and yes. stuff like that. Uh, it just makes me feel more legit, you know, to be on, <laughs> to be on Apple. But you know? if you're on Apple, there's that little thing down in the lower left hand corner that says "Report a Concern," huh, and okay. I I clicked on it and basically <laughs> okay. it wanted all my information oh see that and i immediately just like did you report a concern no 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 I, I, I got the hell out of dumped there. out yeah 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 <laughs> i got no, it's the a hell trick. out of it's it. a trick to uh to get you to divulge a lot of personal information well yeah 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 so i mean i'm concerned all the time you know, my whole life is being concerned well you know um there have uh, been times when you were less concerned well yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, driving home tonight, I won't be that concerned. No. About it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is that thing. So, okay, well, nation, nation yeah, don't look. don't look, click on that. Oh, I was going to say, look for it. Okay. Yeah, well, well, look for it, but don't click on it. I just want to see how it works. Like, what happens if you, you know? Well, that's that's what I wanted to see. You know, but what concern did I have? I didn't really have any concern. Yeah. Except that there was this thing called concern. Right. You well, in, in my thing about podcasts and, and why I, I feel totally, uh, mm, you know, justified in saying whatever it comes to our mind is there's a button right next to you that makes it all stop. <laughs> so if That's you don't, right. if you don't, if you, you don't like what you're hearing, just press the button mm-hmm. and we go away right away. Oh, you, you Easy the breezy. Station. Yeah, yeah. You change yeah. the station. You just change the station. <sighs> all right. Well, listen, I got to go. Okay. Well, it's been great, Gina. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think we've gotten me. to uh, you know sure. a lot of interesting things. You know, it's yeah. like a lot of people will come on this and they'll, they'll say, "Well, you know, I, I've been interviewed by NPR, and, and this is not <laughs> like that." It's like, well, exactly. This is not like that. This is uh, like right. something different. You know, like your fans will see a side of you that they didn't see on the NPR interview. Yeah, it's it's its own thing. Yes, yeah. Excellent. and you guys are really good at what you do. Oh well, you know, oh, thank you. Uh, thank I get you. carried away. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. A, it's a way to you know it's uh, it keeps me off the streets or in the streets something. <laughs> well, um, thanks again. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. So uh, you know, on the Trouble Men podcast, we like to say uh, uh, the struggle continues. No, no, trouble, trouble never, never ends. ends. <laughs> trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. There we go. Good night. <laughs>